What's up, guys? And welcome back to another episode of Dream a Little, the podcast that's all about helping you feel confident about your kink so you can share it with your significant other. I feel like I need to start out this episode by making one thing really, really clear. Look, I am a disposables girl. I was born in the 90s, so you know I am all about it. It's totally my thing. But lately, things have been changing. If you follow me on Twitter or YouTube, you already know that I've been growing more and more interested in cloth because of the negative impact that disposables have on the environment. I mean, I think about all the used fetish gear (laughs) and what happens to them once you throw them away. They go sit in a landfill and they take forever to decompose. I think it actually takes about more than 500 years for the plastic from one to decompose. And that's a really long time. And I just want to make this clear. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty for using disposables. I totally understand why you do. It's my main kink. I just thought I'd share my interest in cloth and why I've been opening my eyes to it and see if anyone else is interested in giving it a try. Obviously, diapers are not a medical need for me, so I figured I should do my part to reduce the amount of waste I create especially when it comes to things like my kink. And if I could inspire you to at least give one a try, that's pretty awesome. I do have some objections about cloth, though, as I'm sure you might as well. First up, I know literally nothing about them. I have no idea where to buy them or what to look for. It wasn't until recently that our special guest, Dan, reached out to me and informed me that there are actually multiple types of cloth and some are better than others. After reading all of his interesting tips, I knew I had to have him on the show to share his knowledge. A little backstory on Dan. He has a wife who's really accepting of his kinks, but quite frankly, does not want anything to do with them. They've worked out a negotiation where Dan's able to get his needs met by hiring a professional fantasy facilitator. Can we just talk about how awesome that term is? He's even hired professionals where the scenes take place over multiple days, which I thought was really interesting. He's also created a FetLife group where ABDLs can log on to find a legitimate professional fantasy facilitator, and he's sharing his best tips on how to do so today. So if you want to reach out to Dan and thank him for sharing his tips on Dream a Little, you can reach him on Twitter at DiaperDan. On FetLife, he's Uncle John's Band. All the links we mentioned during this episode, including Dan's contact info, FetLife pages, and cloth sites he recommends, will be linked in the summary episode of this podcast, which you can find at thelittlelounge.com slash 108. That's thelittlelounge.com slash 108. All right, I won't make you wait any longer. Let's start the show. Hey, Dan, thank you so much for coming on Dream a Little. How you doing? Hey, great, Lo. My my pleasure. I'm doing great. I'm so excited to get to talk to you finally because I've actually never covered the topic of cloth diapers on the show, unbelievably. But recently my interest was piqued and it seems like you are kind of an expert on cloth diapers and I'm really excited to get to talk to you. How did your interest in cloth start and what do you identify as? Well, uh, let's start with identify as I am definitely I'm probably best described as a diaper lover I started more as an AB as a a, a bottom 
And I use that term because I've done an awful lot of play in the DNS world, and I, I think I would be mostly known in that world as a fetishist and someone who's somewhat submissive and definitely a bottom, and I'm definitely a little. I have tried to switch, but I made an absolutely horrible big um, <laughs> I didn't, well, <laughs> in that category. How I got interested in, in cloth diapers, well, first I should say I'm a little bit older than probably some of your listeners. And so, you know, I, I grew up in the late 50s and 60s, and the impression for diapers for me uh, that was left was cloth diapers, plastic pants, things like that. And over the years, I've, I've begun to really enjoy disposable diapers as well. I get the appeal with them. I've started to go back more to cloth diapers just because... I look at the amount of diapers that go into the landfill and, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty self-indulgent in terms of my fetish and really enjoy it, but I have to think about the impact on the world around me. And so, you know, I've kind of gone back to cloth and I really enjoy it. That is so great. And I love hearing that because it wasn't until recently I also thought about the impact on the environment. And even though from a kink standpoint, I've never really had an interest in cloth, you know, I'm I'm willing to give it a try at least to see to see if we can reduce the environmental impact here. So, as a newbie, I know absolutely nothing about cloth. And in my collection right now, I basically have one pair of cloth training pants from Rears and that's about it. So, could you give me a little insight, a little like cloth diaper 101 here? <laughs> Yeah, I would, I, you know, I'd, I'd love to. And I, I love how all of a sudden the cloth training pants are becoming a big deal. You know, only six, seven years ago, it was really hard to find training pants and, and, and everyone's producing them now. So that's pretty cool. In terms of the diapers themselves, you know, the thing I try to, to tell people, there are a lot of ABDL product sites out there that will carry a few varieties or one variety of cloth diapers and they talk about them as if there's one kind of cloth and uh, um, nothing could be further from the truth. There are um, a whole variety and that makes a big difference if you're really going to wear them much, um, you know, what type you, you pick. There's a lot of sites out there that are actually selling flannel diapers and flannel is actually horrible idea as a diaper. You know, pretty much no one has ever used flannel for baby diapers and there's a reason for it. The way that the material works, it, it frankly doesn't have very good wicking properties and it doesn't absorb very well. It feels good right out of the package because it, it feels like pajamas. But as I like to say, you know, keep them for pajamas and, and, and not diapers. But a lot of sites are selling those. You really want to look for either, um, as a rule, bird's eye or a gauze cotton diaper. And gauze cotton is my personal favorite. It's a little bit harder to find, but there are sites that sell it. And the reason I love it is that it, if you really look at it really close, in fact, just look at a gauze bandage really, really close, and you see all that cross-hatching of the threads. And what that means is once you've washed it a few times, it sort of puffs up a little bit, and more of the cotton gets exposed to liquid, and it absorbs really, really well, which is why they use it in medical practices and surgery and things like that. Not only that, it's super soft. And my God, once you've washed a gauze cotton flannel diaper two times and put it through the dryer on high heat and then feel against your skin, it's a really nice softness, kind of a, a fluffiness, and it's not dense. Like bird's eye material is another cotton that's used for diapers. It tends to be pretty dense and heavy feeling. You know, cotton's much, much lighter. And now 
there are um, a lot of companies that are starting to make for babies, but they actually make the cloth um, in large sections so you can make your own diapers. It's a combination of a bamboo cloth and um, gauze cotton, and it's very green. It's great for the environment, and uh, they're organic, and um, it, it's another option. They also feel really good against your skin. That's awesome. So More I than do- you maybe ever wanted to know about cloth. <laughs> No, absolutely not. No, I love it. Honestly, this is really, really helpful because I can't even find any information on this stuff. So um, a couple questions for you. I can hear you. Do they say the material in the description usually on whatever website you're on? How do you find out what material it is made out of? Super good question. Really good question. Believe it or not, a lot of sites that don't really, they, they carry like one cloth diaper just because they realize, well, there's a few people that want it. A lot of sites do not tell you anything about what the cloth is made out of. And I find that really frustrating. There's a few sites that do. You know, one of them is, my favorite site is adultclothdiapers.com. And the thing I like about them is, oh my God, it the mind boggles at how many different types they have. And they really take the time to describe the different cloths, what they're all about, why you might like them. So some sites do. Actually, um, Rears does a pretty good job of explaining their 12 quantum and why it's good. And there's another site called babypants.com that also sells the 12 cotton. And it's uh, very, very similar to gauze. And, uh, and they describe it. Most sites do not. So that's why I think a lot of people buy cotton. They're really frustrated at, at their lack of absorbency. Absolutely. I think I've had a pair in the past, actually, that I really was not a fan of either. And I kind of ruled them out entirely, a little prematurely. So this adultclothdiapers.com, are they more of a medical site or are they specifically for ABDLs? They're definitely ABDL aware, but I think think, you know, there's a lot of these sites that apparently sell to the medical field as well. But I don't know, I, I always struggle a little bit with that because I get on their site and I see like lockable plastic pants. I think, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I may like that as a fetishist, but um, yeah, it seems kind of strange to have it on a medical site. Um, adultclothdiaper.com is definitely ABDL aware. Uh, the people there are super friendly, really great service. And if you were going there and you were trying out diapers for the first time, I would prob they can get pretty pricey. I would recommend going with just a straight, flat, God's diaper. Don't go with the pre-folds or anything else. Just go with a flat, God's diaper that you know, they only offer two sizes. Go with a day weight and you're better off getting a few pairs of the day weight diapers. If you decide you want to you make them a little bit thicker and Lord knows some people do, that's great. <laughs> you can double them up. But a, I know a lot of younger ABDLs who have never known anything but disposable diapers. And I totally get it. By the way, I love lots of disposable diapers that are out there. Their biggest problem is the bulkiness and sort of the lack of discretion, which yes. to me is so big of a deal because I'm kind of a fetishist. And to me, it's I'm not trying to be, I mean, I don't go out in public, but I'm not trying to be subtle in my play with diapers. Um, so I don't mind it being conspicuous, but I totally get that some people do. So go with, if you go with a, a gauze diaper and a day weight gauze diaper that isn't too thick, 
start with those. They're about 14 bucks a piece. It's not too bad. And um, they're going to last for about 100 washes. And I think you'll find that you can fit them in such a way that they won't be too bulky. They're going to be a little bit more bulky than, than disposal, so, but pretty, pretty doable. Okay, cool. The reason I wanted to know if they were medical is sometimes these medical sites, they're not very discreet with their shipping. So uh, what's the shipping like for some of these sites, particularly the adult cloth diapers, because it sounds like a really awesome option. Yeah, uh, let me tell you, I totally hear you. I've been buying products for decades now. I would never buy from a site that wasn't discreet. So anything I recommend is is always discreet. So the adultclothdiaper.com, for example, the the name of the company is ACDC. And <laughs> that's all you see on the packaging. I know, right? Perfect name. Awesome. And, and Fetware is another great site that's totally fetish oriented as the name implies but you know they're they're all about you know vinyl pants and stuff like that fetware is also incredibly discreet as is babypants.com and as is rears and babykins and there's lots of sites out there that i find are discreet so i won't recommend anything to you unless it comes in very discreet plain packaging perfect so i know on this on the surface, it sounds like, oh, $14 for one diaper, but it's like you get a hundred wares out of that. That's pretty, pretty awesome bang for your buck right there compared to, I mean, I don't know. Some of these sites are selling disposable diapers for like a hundred dollars for, I don't know, like less than 50 diapers or something like that. Yeah. No, yeah. Right? I know. I know. And, and, and I have to tell you that, that, the disposables that I like, and, and uh, let me just say, I wear disposables too. There are situations where you go places where it's not convenient to use cloth. I, I get that, but I try to use cloth as, as often as possible. But yeah, the disposables I like, like from Rears, the in-control, whatever, overnight diapers, um, they're great. The safaris, they're great. Super expensive. So yeah, um, yeah. totally, especially <laughs> for just one-time use. So, okay, let's just talk about what everyone's probably wondering. Maintenance-wise, how difficult is it to kind of maintain and keep up with this kind of diaper? You are going to have to wash them, right? I mean... Can you just throw them in the wash? I honestly don't know anything about this. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you really do. It's not as difficult as some people would make it sound. Now, I will say that about the only sort of tip that I give people is, and a lot of people do not know this, they pull them right out of the package and go, yeah, it feels kind of funny. And they just wear them. Your pee will go all over the place. What can I say? It, it will actually beat up and not absorb at all. There's shortening that goes or shortener that goes into fabrics, almost any fabric. And you need to wash it first and that all washes away. So wash them in a vinegar and cold water once or twice. And they will be really nice and fluffy afterwards. They'll be very absorbent. That's about the only trick you really need to know. Other than that, you know, let them rinse in cold water for just a very short while or just run a pre-wash of cold, then wash them on hot. Do not use bleach under any circumstances because it will cut that 100 wares down to about 30 and do not use fabric softener in the dryer. I know it, it, some of the fabric softeners smell really cool and it kind of plays into the whole ABDL theme and everything, but it ruins the absorbency of the cloth, totally ruins it. And it uh, also shortens the lifespan. So other than that, I pretty much just uh, 
Just wash them and actually dry them, unlike lots of other stuff. Dry them on high heat uh, because once these, uh, once you know, a gauze cotton diaper shrinks at the beginning, it's not going to shrink again or not much. So dry them on high heat. That sanitizes them really nicely. Or better yet, dry them on high heat for a while, then put them on a clothesline because nothing like the feel of, of, of cotton that's been hanging out in the sun for a while. Awesome. That was so helpful. Thank you so much. I want to switch topics here a little bit. And I was just wondering if I could, you know, ask you a little bit about your relationship, because I know that you have an interesting setup with your wife going on, right? Yeah. Um, so um, I was doing this long before I met my wife, interested in diapers and, and doing role playing. And, uh, you know, a little bit more than 30 years ago, uh, I met the woman who uh, of my dreams and, and has uh, been my lovely bride ever since. I introduced this very slowly, very gradually. And I, and I might say we had no resources anywhere like your blog or your podcast <laughs> back then. But I'm pretty proud of myself. I, I, I think I would have gotten at least a B from you <laughs> on my approach. I mean, I, I, you know, it, it stands to reason you have to approach it from the standpoint of don't just throw diapers at someone. The, the, the freakiest aspect of your fetish, rather kind of get into the, the, you know, the relationship and the dynamics. And that worked really well. And I must say, I was really proud of her and very happy she embraced it. We role played for three or four years and she was, it was never her thing. And that's fine. She always made it clear it wasn't her thing, but she was happy to indulge and, and very open-minded. Over time, we found, and, and it wasn't, I'm not just putting this on her. I think we both found that the, the sort of the, the juxtaposition between who I was in role play, you know, as a submissive was so completely different than who I was in our relationship, you know, who she, she had married and, and who I was in my vanilla life and my professional life and around my friends and family. She had a really hard time with that. And I must say, I think I started to have a hard time with it as well. I really wanted to be able to to relax and subordinate myself to someone else. I, I wanted sometimes to be the baby. I think sometimes I, I you know, fetishize being, being forced or coerced or, or seduced into my role. And it just wasn't our relationship. So we struggled with that. And, and we, you know, I loved her madly. And, you know, frankly, I would have dropped the whole thing. And she felt pretty uncomfortable with that. We sort of reached an accord and it was sort of a don't ask, don't tell policy. And she said, you know, like, like some guys go off and play golf or go fishing or whatever. And their wives probably don't know a lot of what they're doing. We had talked about my going back and, and, and seeing professionals. And, uh, and she was at least at first really nervous because I think she expected, you know, most people think of a pro dom or anyone providing, it's a pretty intimate service, right? And and most people think it, it's going to involve sex. And I and I might say that in the 35 to 40 years that I've been doing this, I have absolutely never had sex, nor have I wanted to, to have sex. I'm not saying it doesn't have sexual components to it, but I, I've never, you know, never had sex with anyone who's uh, who's been a care provider for me. So we, from that point on, kind of I go forward and on occasion a few times a year. Um, I see uh, what, what I now call professional fantasy facilitator. I love that professional fantasy facilitator. 
Okay, so where do you find these professional fantasy facilitators? So when I first started, keep in mind, this was in the 70s. There was no internet. There was no <laughs> DL community. No one knew what ABDLs were. I was well enough read that I knew, hey, this is a fetish. Uh, there were a few good books out there that happened to cover a lot of fetishes. So I knew I wasn't weird. I didn't feel ashamed or anything. Nonetheless, I really wanted to find someone that I could try this out with. And back then, the only choice you really had was to find S&M or, you know, bondage studios. And and I did. I was pretty bold as a young 19-year-old. And uh, and uh, I remember the first one, I, I sold one of my bass guitars to be able to afford a session, um, a two-hour session. And, uh, and I just wanted to try out what would it be like explaining my fetish and living it out for an hour and a half with another person. Since then, I've become, you know, I think largely by the kind of people I've played with, I've evolved a lot as a player. I mean, I've picked up a lot of other things that I enjoy. I, I enjoy a little bit of cross-dressing. I enjoy, I really enjoy medical aspects and uh, enjoy spankings and a little bit of pain. I'm not exactly stoic, but, I, you know, I enjoy a lot of things that go well beyond ABDL, largely as a result of the people that I've played with. So, you know, I started playing with pro-doms and I've always felt comfortable as a result of that playing with them and largely because I've gotten really involved in the community and I know that just like the rest of us, like it's not like one bank teller, oh, everyone's the same, there's a bank teller, everyone's the same, who's an attorney, same with pro-doms, they're real people and some of them can really get into this, some of them really are into it. And some of them have absolutely no interest at all. And so, you know, there's a certain approach that you have to take with any professional, um, a pro-dom. You have to be very open, very transparent, but very polite and professional and courteous in approaching them. I usually do it with email to give them a chance to kind of catch their breath and see what it is I really want to do and see how they respond. And, you know, 30, 40% may respond. No, it's not my thing. I'm not interested. That's okay. Go on and find someone else. So I give a lot of counseling to, to newbies at that, people that aren't really comfortable how, how to find and how to approach professionals doing it. Now, the really cool thing is, is that even if you're not comfortable with pro-doms, now there are a lot of um, um, fantasy facilitators who are people that are really active in the ABDL community and they approach it first and, and, and totally as someone who's interested and either being a switch or a, a mommy or or a little, and they want to try out what would it be like to actually play with someone else. And it, there's something very safe about playing with someone who is not your boyfriend or girlfriend or wife or 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 a good friend at all. Just you can there's sort of an an objective distance that you have between the two of you, and you're very free to try to experiment uh, with the dynamics. So um, there's a lot of players that really find it equally enjoyable to provide this as a, as a paid service as much as the people like me who view ourselves strictly as clients. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, I love that. I cannot believe that is a true story that you sold your guitar, by the way, to get your first session. <laughs> yeah. Oh my well, gosh, that's really, great. Good pre Fender bass precision or Fender precision bass. And oh God, it kills me now to think that I sold that. But anyways. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's all so helpful. And again, a reoccurring theme I'm seeing here is the dichotomy because, you know, you're hiring someone 
to basically treat you like a baby. But there's a lot that goes into preparing someone for that. And you have to be very adult and mature and professional about it to begin with. So I, I really, really love that. And I think that you hit the nail on the head. It's probably a lot easier to play with someone who gets the ABDL community because you don't have to explain what you want. And that's kind of the same case for when you're playing with a partner who is not into ABDL. There's a lot of explaining that you have to do. I think yep. you're you're really lucky that you have your wife and she's pretty open-minded about it. So she has no idea about what you do just at all. We haven't discussed you know what I do with players in decades. And for good reason. You know, it's it's you know, it's we both recognize it's an intimate role play that you're doing and you know, it's that's pretty hard for someone to hear and hard for someone to describe to someone else, hey, you want to hear the intimate details of of what we do. And uh and so we have before but we don't discuss it often um anymore. She just knows that I go and I um it's a it's a rejuvenating experience for me. Frankly, it to me and and <laughs> a lot of players I play with crack up when I say this. It's like going to weekend spa and I do a lot of very long extended play for multiple days for like two day sessions over a weekend. And it's it's like going to a spa or going away for a retreat and I come back totally refreshed and and feel really good about myself. That is great. I love that. So before you do a whole weekend trip, I'm assuming that you've you've done it like a trial with this this pro before or do you sometimes Almost, just take the leap? Yeah. Almost always, I have taken leaps before. There are certain people who I have either seen, uh, you know, sort of researching people, and and I've got a very good intuition, and I can look at how people write and what they write about, not just how, but what they like to talk about things. And I, I always try to find people that are very genuine, very transparent, and very sincere about themselves, their occupation, how they're doing it, what they're doing. And on occasion, after I've had several emails and a conversation with them, I'll feel comfortable enough jumping into a weekend, but that doesn't happen often. Typically, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I try, I, you know, we'll try each other out for a couple hours first. I, one of the things I also do to make it a little bit easier, and this is a little bit of counseling I would give someone who wants to approach a pro dom, you can make it a lot easier on the dom and yourself by making it very clear up front all the supplies that you're going to be provisioning for this session, because that's really daunting for a lot of doms to think about. I mean, they're used to providing all the stuff for a typical session, generally speaking. And you start talking about, well, then I want to do this and then I want to be bottle fed and, 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 you know, and then I, and I like the feel of vinyl sheets or something like that, whatever the fetish happens to be. And she's thinking she's overwhelmed by that. And so you can say right up front, I provision everything. I provision it brand new. It's clean. You don't worry about it. And so that takes a real load off her mind and also sends a really strong message. It's, it's kind of like paying a deposit up front. And by the way, I'm, I have no qualms whatsoever about paying a deposit for someone's time. But I also like to say, you know, I'm going to be purchasing this stuff. And if you have a, you know, like a PO box or something like that, that we can send it to all the better. And it sends a really strong message about, wow, <laughs> this guy's serious. Now, whether or not they want to play with me at that point, who knows? But but they, <laughs> I'm, they know I'm genuinely experienced and I'm really serious about what I'm doing. And again, it 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 opens up, opens the field up quite a bit if you're supplying everything. 
Absolutely. I didn't even think about that, but it sounds like you really are the ideal client right there. <laughs> Come prepared. <laughs> Absolutely. Just one last question because I know we're running out of time here, but I know there's probably not like a Yelp for these kind of professional fantasy f- facilitators. Do you just find them on their website or do you do like a Craigslist search? Like where do you start this search online? Well, it, it used to be you could do Craigslist. Uh, you know, I so first off, you know, it sort of takes one to know one, right? So <laughs> so after a while of doing this, you get to know the people who really do do this. And I and I follow like on social media, Twitter and Instagram. Who are the other people that they play with? FetLife is wonderful because you can really follow people. Now, you have to be a little bit careful because the last thing in the world you want to do is approach what I would call a community player who is not providing professional services. The last thing you want to do is be you know, one of those guys who approaches them and, and asks for even if it's a four-fee service. That's annoying, and you're just yeah. making a mess out of yourself, and you're being a creep. So you just have to watch really carefully. But there are people, like on Fat Life, there are probably seven, eight, nine different people that are well-known in the ABDL community, but who also provide professional services. And so what I did to sort of simplify things a little bit is I created an ABDL care available group on FetLife. And it is exclusively, exclusively for care providers who are professionals to post about their services. What city I'm in, I provide this service. If you want more information, PM me or here's my email. And clients are not allowed to respond unless they're asking polite, germane questions to the rest of the group. Otherwise, they can PM the the provider. I was getting really tired of a lot of the groups that were nothing but you know frankly horny guys who were (laughs) looking for a mommy and it was just absolutely annoying and appalling and uh and so i was trying to create a group that would be a little more interesting for people that generally are interested in in finding a care provider and so if you go to the abdo care available group on fetlife i try to moderate it pretty strictly but you'll find a lot of people over i think i've had it for about six or seven years now and um, I'd recommend it. That's amazing. Thank you so much. I will get the link to that and I will link it in the show notes. Well, Dan, this has been so extremely helpful. Probably one of my favorite episodes. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing a bit about yourself. Hey, Lo, thanks so much. And and, and thanks for fighting the good fight. You're doing really, (laughs) really good work out there. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Take care now. Bye-bye. All right, bye.